the screws loose, let them strip the bolts on them. Should have never sent them to pick up the work for them. Sprayed the park and had my shit inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on him. Said if he wasn't in a rush, they was all gone. Right. Greetings, Chudlings. Welcome to another episode of Chuddy's Corner. We're coming to you live. It's Friday night, just a tick before midnight, getting a little bit of a late start on the record tonight. But it's only because we've been celebrating uh, Ding Dong, the witch is dead. The Celtics defeat the Magic, the very shorthanded Celtics defeat the Magic in the Garden, 128-111. Extend our uh, undefeated streak at home to 13-0 and um, and do so with a pretty shorthanded roster. So it was a, definitely a fun game, exciting game. We're going to break it all down. We're going to do a couple of around the league things, but before that, I am your host, Dugouts, with me as always, King Chuddy. How you doing tonight, Chuddy? Doing real well. We asked the team in the garden to bring the energy tonight. They did it, so I think it's our job to stay up late, match that energy. I'm feeling good. How about you? Hey, I'm absolutely I'm ready to match that energy, too. It does not at all feel like it's uh, almost midnight. I am riding high <laughs> right now after that. Um, so make sure you go ahead and follow the show page on Twitter, at Chuddy's Corner. Make sure you follow me at Doug underscore outs and make sure you follow Chud at King Chuddy. Uh, and also special thanks as always to our sponsor, Nick Perino, nickperino.com. All your real estate needs, anything you need, buying, selling, renting, just about anything you need, he's got you covered. And also, last but not least, make sure you're subscribing wherever you're listening to the podcast. We know we're getting a lot of views lately on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed to that YouTube channel. Um, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Podbean, Stitcher, all the different random names. Make sure that you're uh, subscribing to us on there. You get notified as soon as the episodes drop, and you just get our undying respect, which I think is the most important thing to any chuddling out there. So... With that being said, let's get right into it. Again, Celtics win 128-111. They sort of break this uh, hold that the Magic have had over us. No Al Horford, no Porzingis, no Cornette, no Banton. It was uh, a classic throwback hospital Celtics kind of game. Jason Tatum putting up 30 points. Uh, I think Jalen still felt like he was the most exciting player with the only 18 points. But we'll get into uh, all the box scores and things like that moving on. Chud, what did you see in this game? What did you like in this game? I like the fact that the Celtics rose to the occasion. There was, I would say, this had all the makings of a statement game. Um, it, I, it, it screamed, yeah, yeah. you know, hey, Orlando, all right, we see you. You've got our attention. Here we are. We responded. This is what we wanted. I mean, we were saying before the game, we've been talking, and the Magic had beaten us four times in a row, dating back to sweeping us last year, beat us convincingly by 17 earlier this year. Uh, they were running their mouths a little bit obviously they had gone on talking how it's personal to them well we wanted the celtics to take it personally and i would say they did that tonight in a big way as you mentioned we were missing our top three bigs um and that really didn't matter as long as we had the jays and we had everyone else on the bench step up it was it was awesome to see team came out a little bit of a slow start really just shooting the ball the magic went out right to the basket they got a few layups early on kind of Right back to that bullying nature it had been. They opened up a quick seven-point lead in the first quarter. The Celtics started 0 of 8 from threes. Uh, we cracked into the bench. Pritchard hit back-to-back threes, and it was kind of just off to the races. Huge closeout to end that first quarter. We ended up turning that seven-point deficit into a six-point lead. Um, the Garden was buzzing at the end of that quarter. It was a big run, ending with a steal, and Jalen pulled up, almost hit that half-court shot right at the buzzer. Would have oh, yeah. That torn place the roof off exploded. that place. 
Yeah, but it just continued in the second quarter. The second quarter was almost near perfect Celtics basketball. I mean, the way we were playing was, it's just so beautiful to watch. Um, Part of me kind of yearns for the days of just switching everything. So it was kind of cool to see it back out there with that all small lineup. I mean, the Jays were basically the closest things to bigs we were playing for most of the night. Um, Stevens got the nod in place of Porzingis in the starting lineup, but it was like, you couldn't even really tell who was guarding who because it was just so much switching. Like, I think Tatum was kind of on Batadza, their their center. Um, yeah, he, he started like, on him. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's our tallest guy out there by yeah. far. So. I mean, it made sense, but yeah. Super... Yeah, but uh, it was all just constant switching. And, I mean, even on, like, Paolo, who's big and their best player, we had Stevens starting on him, but we were switching White onto him. We were switching Drew was covering him. Even, you know, Pritchard came in. Hauser came in. Everyone was doing an awesome job on him. Everyone was switching. I mean, the defense – Love to see us play that way. The the big question would have been, of course, rebounding. And, you know, they had some offensive rebounds, but nothing crazy. I thought the the team rebounding was there, what we wanted to see. But more importantly, the way we played on offense with that small lineup, the ball was just absolutely humming around, moving around. We had 18 assists to two turnovers at halftime. Um, and, again, even with the 0 of 8 start from three, we I think we went on to hit, like, 17 of our next 29 after that start. And it was just all set up off a of beautiful offense. It was driving and kicking, driving and kicking. When you get multiple driving kicks in one possession, it's almost always going to lead to a good shot. And it seemed like not only that, the Celtics were determined to make the extra pass tonight. So many times it seemed like they had a pretty good shot, and they would just make one more pass to turn that pretty good shot into a great shot. So many wide-open corner threes. Peyton Pritchard was the beneficiary of a ton of those. Oh, he was um, money. And as well as we played, I mean, it was the, it was absolutely the Jays leading the way. Uh, both of them, Brown especially in the first half, was amazing. He had three all-time highlight reel dunks. I mean, he had the one sequence at the beginning of the game where off of a made magic basket, so like it really wasn't even a fast break, inbounded the ball to him. He saw Franz ahead of him, just absolutely put him on skates with a cup, with a back and forth, right down the lane before anyone could come over and help. Monster jam. Like, you would have thought it was a fast break. It was, again, it was off a made basket. And then... The Magic were sprinting the ball up because Jalen was kind of flexing at the crowd. So they had a five on four. They're trying to push it up the court. Um, and I went back and watched the replay like four times. I couldn't tell who blocked it. I think actually I both guys blocked it. Uh, Franz it went up for white. the dunk. Brown, I think, tipped it from behind because Brown was flying in to, from behind the play. I think he got mm-hmm. his hand on it from behind, knocked it loose. And then White was there to block the dunk like under the hoop. So it was almost like a double block. Crazy sequence. Love that um, statement. It was, and then Jalen had another awesome dunk and transition off of leave by Drew. It seemed like he almost like a drop step dunk, but from like almost the foul line. And then there was another driving kick where Derek drove into lane, gave it to Jalen, and Jalen with another uh, absolute poster to add to the graveyard. Poor Anthony Black, a nice young rookie, uh, but he yeah, uh, was on that... the absolute wrong end of that yeah. one. Not much he could do about it. Just uh, no, but he got buried. anyone was getting hammered on in that situation. But yeah, he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. But another one for Jalen's career highlight reel. Um, amazing plays. He was he was awesome. He had a few more of his. He had the mid range game going, the fadeaways going. Tatum too was just getting to the rim at Whitwell. Uh, more making great playmaking too. So many strong finishes around the rim. It's funny to think with how well they both played, how well the team played, and how well we ended up shooting and all that, the Jays finished 2 of 14 combined from 3. So really a very (laughs) poor 3-point shooting game for them. Um, And also White and Holiday, and we didn't get our first points from the backcourt until 6 minutes into the second quarter. Derek hit a layup. At halftime, White and Holiday were combined 2 of 12 for the field. So the Jays and are basically our main 4 guys who were healthy, we're all having really poor shooting nights. 
And despite that, I thought it was one of our best offensive performances of the season because just the way we were playing was so pure. Hauser and Pritchard were absolutely amazing tonight. They both looked like seasoned vets. Um, and you could tell, like, they knew their roles were going to be a little bigger and they were playing like it. So much confidence. And you were seeing so much more than usual. I mean, Hauser was multiple plays. He was driving and creating. He had so many nice dishes. He had, I think, four steals. Um, yep, four steals. It was steals. crazy. We were getting out in transition and... Again, the Magic had that seven-point lead, and then from there on, from half, I thought we played almost perfect basketball, uh, stretched the lead out as high as, like, 14 in the first half. Came out in the third. It was a little bit back and forth, and then I, I actually thought that third quarter ended up one of, being one of our more impressive of the season. It was Absolutely. just more of the same. Um, Scored 37 points to their 27. Yeah, and uh, again, just the Magic, at that point, I thought actually we were fighting back pretty well because they had hit barely any threes. They started to get some threes to drop. If not for that, I mean, we could have been up by even more. Um Shouts to Kita off the bench coming in, playing some great backup big minutes. I thought you, you really couldn't ask for more from him. He just, he knows his role perfectly. I was I was kind of clicking to me that Kita really reminds me a lot of a young Rob Williams before he really figured things out. Like so much raw skill. You see him kind of get lost on a lot of plays here and there. He's so jump happy and falling for pump fakes. He's fouling guys left and right, but just great energy. He's blocking <laughs> shots all over the place. You can see him skying for alley-oops. Uh, just great hustle plays, and it really trickled all the way down. Everyone who came off the bench, set had great minutes. I think he was four for four. He had a dunk, uh, two dunks, a layup, all off good cuts, hit an open three off a key to offensive rebound. Lamar Stevens even got a three to drop. Uh <laughs> six for seven on threes and again so many of them were set up by nice passes but he had all kinds of good plays hauser uh with his parents sitting with wick courtside they were loving every second of it but hauser again was driving one of those steals he basically took it coast to coast on jalen suggs who's a good defender and just went up and like had a crazy left-handed finish over him probably should have been an end one uh there's like so many highlight real plays so many players off the bench uh just jumping in and making huge contributions Honestly, like, I, I just love the small ball elements of this team. Playing fast like that. Um, and, and this is, again, against a team that's big and had kind of that bullied us big, in yeah. previous matchups for us to go small. And they really had no answers. At one point in the third quarter, they switched to a zone because they were like, it was just the ball was moving faster than their players could move on defense. We were swinging it side to side. Again, multiple driving kicks on the same possessions. And uh, we just had them in rotation, chasing the ball around. And the ball, the men are never going to move faster than the ball. So it's like we were just swinging it side to side and getting open shot after open shot. And again, after that first quarter slump, once they started falling, it was like, like I said, the Celtics can't play much more perfect than that. And ironically, kind of the only part that wasn't perfect was the Jays just couldn't buy three of all things. Um, Drew and White couldn't really again. White really turned it on in the second half. I ended up finishing with a really good game. I think after he was one of seven in the first half and he finished like, uh, I think he was six of eight shooting in the second half, three of four on threes. So his final stat line looked really good. And again, it wasn't that those guys were playing poorly. They just uh, were missing shots. So Again, we have a little bit even better or more normal shooting night by those guys. This would have been an even more impressive win. But I think that 17-point final score was not even indicative of, again, kind of the statement that the Celtics made. Really yeah. kind of the, the fourth quarter, the game was already over. It was kind of just trading baskets back and forth until uh, both teams kind of pulled everyone out. But I don't put much stock into that. But when the game was on the line in the end of the first, second quarter, and the third quarter, Celtics were absolutely dominant at pretty much their apex without, you know, two of their main rotation guys, three if you count Cornet, no big men. Uh, again, Keita got, I think, nine minutes. He was a plus 10 in those minutes, just kind of stuffed the stat sheet. He, he fouled out, I think, in nine minutes, which, again, is just... Keita? Like said, yeah. Keita had 18 minutes. 
Oh, 18 minutes. All right, sorry. Oh, I was thinking of the first half. You know, so 18 still. Fouled out in 18 minutes is pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, that's still awesome. <laughs> I, I, they should honestly put him in just to foul people, like, every game. Like, I don't know. I mean, he, he brings that more. energy, but, I mean, if anything, like, take away from this game, it is, should the Celtics play small more? I mean, if we keep wondering, like, how we're going to figure out that backup big, but I would, I don't at all hate the idea of just playing small way more. Play more Hauser, more Pritchard. Let the team get out and run. When we play that fast, like... You could tell how much it was crazy. Were for Orlando, one of the best defenses in the league, and they just had absolutely no answers. It was like a layup line, left and right, uh, wide open layups, fast break points, a threes. lot of easy looks. Yeah, and I mean the the defense too was amazing. We forced so many turnovers. We had I think twenty one combined blocks and steals. Uh, just great to see. You know we were getting out and running, and again we were focused on the rebounding. The Magic did end up with a slight rebounding advantage, and. Um, yeah, another slight offensive rebounding advantage, but again, you put that up to us having extra shots, and because we're forcing so many more turnovers, so those are all just not opportunities for us to get a rebound because we're getting a steal yeah. or something instead. So when you're doubling yeah, up the only, amount of turnovers, uh, it was forty-five to thirty-four in the rebounding. So yeah, that's and I not think thirteen really, to nine on the considering that we class. had no bigs. That's pretty. I, I can absolutely exactly. with that. Yes. Yeah, second chance points were like 19 to 16, so almost even. So, again, when that's yep. the main area that you're concerned about with the lineups we're playing and that's the only advantage they're gaining, you really can't complain about that. But, I mean, again, some crazy stats to finish with 31 assists is just an absurd number uh, to only 10 turnovers. And, again, a lot of those were kind of late in the game when it was already over. We had six different guys with four or more assists. Uh, which, again, I'd like Moving to hear Dick Leip chime in with how many times that happened. That seems super rare. That's crazy. And then had four different guys with at least two steals. Hauser and White both had four steals each, which, uh, again, you just, like, don't see that a lot. So, like I said, really awesome game all around. Um, almost nothing to nitpick. And, again, I think you could tell that this one meant a little more. I saw Jalen in his press conference. They asked him if this was, like, personal or revenge, and he didn't come out and say it but i think there's there's no doubt about it that they they've heard all the chatter from the magic they've heard you know that they think these guys are probably riding a little too high so second night of a back-to-back threw all of our big guys out thought maybe they'd catch one and no this was like a master class by the jays leading the way and every single role player and bench guy stepping up just uh all around brilliant really really almost nothing to knock from this performance so good to see i would have to say probably the best win of the season yeah uh, yeah, it definitely, it definitely feels that way at the that last point there, best one of the season. So that kind of ties into, too, the Jalen quote that you were talking about. He says, I think this was the biggest game of the year so far on a back-to-back against a team that's been kicking our ass. So that's, like you said, they've won there four straight. They've been taking it personal. Going into this game, too, Tatum was asked about the Eddie House comments and, like, how the Magic said that they, you know, feel personal. Mm-hmm. And he kind of said, like, oh, Eddie's my guy, like, kind of thing like that. So I think that they, this, again, <laughs> one I think. back. Like we said, like this was one that they had to make it personal for ourselves too. Like it did, you know, they've gotten our attention, and now it's like, okay, we need to either we can either just keep getting punked by this team, or we can do something about it. And the fact that we did right. it um, without like any of our bigs, <laughs> and still just kind of seemed to just, we just seemed to really just embarrass the team again. We mentioned yeah. the rebounding. We we I think we held our own in that situation. Uh, seven blocks, fourteen steals. Fourteen uh, steals tw- is crazy. It's insane. We had <laughs> that's uh, absurd. We had twenty six points off turnovers. Um, like you said, Hauser with his own with four steals. Uh, Derek White had four steals. I mean, just for a player to get four steals in the game was just like <laughs> so bananas. And we had two guys that did it. Yeah. Um, uh, Peyton Pritchard, 
Um, just played unreal. He he kind of yeah. snapped us out of the the early um, six of seven three point three. shooting. Yeah, he snapped us out early at the end of the first quarter. We were three of thirteen, and I think at least two of those were, were Peyton Pritchard from three. Um, yeah, I have two a in stat. a row in our first two. Yeah, yeah, I have a stat on that too. Peyton Pritchard. Uh, this is from Sean Grandy. Uh, Peyton Pritchard went six of seven from three Friday night. It's the fifteenth time in franchise history a Celtic has made six threes while hitting better than eighty percent of them. Peyton Pritchard and Paul Pierce are the only Celtics who have done it multiple times. So it's not the first time that mm. Pritchard's had a shooting night like that. That's Pritchard's awesome. done it twice. Pierce has done it three times. So putting himself in some pretty good company there. Yeah. Um, I thought another, that another cool stat just to add on to that. Uh, all four of Sam Hauser's assists were to Peyton Pritchard for threes. And again, they were all, I think, on the same kind of play where Hauser could have taken it. He had a good look and he pumped and, and he created a lot of those. And I mean, to see that on Zelpinish where Hauser, it's not like he needs a lot of space. He can shoot anytime he wants, but mm-hmm. for him to have that extra confidence to know that as good a look as this is, I can make one more pass and get an even better look. And I mean, it's beautiful to see. So those guys obviously play a lot together, those bus one boys. So again, good to see that chemistry and those guys coming alive. And yeah, the bench has been rolling since that slow start. And tonight was as much as any night we've seen. Yeah, so yeah, so the the bench stood up. They had forty seven points off the bench. So considering that, it's crazy. Um, you know, this was obviously going to be a big night for the bench, but for them to rise to the occasion like that is obviously pretty huge. Um, I do think again, I think Kata had some pretty good minutes. I mean, he is just kind of he didn't have he only had three rebounds, but it felt like he was just kind of in just kind of impacting rebounds and things like that. Yeah, anyway, three he might have only came down with three three blocks for him too. Um, I thought that. Uh, Lamar Stevens played all right. It was good to see him hit a three because his shot in the last game he played was <laughs> fucking awful. Yeah, see him um, and Brissett hit a three. <laughs> yeah, Brissett, yeah, Brissett too getting 11 points. So it is. It's just kind of like everyone, yeah. they've, they've, they've been calling that group kind of like the stay ready group. And yeah. it was good to see that they were, that they came out and they played, they were ready. So, um, Brissett had that awesome dunk all over Paolo too on that cut. Yep. Yeah, uh, it's another highlight reel to poster. Yep, uh, Derek White, nineteen points, four assists, four rebounds, eight assists. Yeah, so eight assists and four steals. Again, that's just impact stuff right there. <laughs> Crazy. So this was a game that I, I don't know. I, I think I agree kind of what Chilin was saying about game of the year. Like you know, it was this was even if even if everything was. I feel like if this was a completely even matchup where we had all of our guys, I feel like it might not have felt as good. It wouldn't have felt as good of a win. Now we, yeah. we kind of went into this game feeling like. Shit, like the the undefeated streak at home is probably going to come to an end. This is going to be almost impossible for us to get it. The Magic have size. Size has given us problems, and now we have even less size. And for them to just come out and play, Tatum put up a 30-point game. I know people, we've been kind of saying a lot on this pod that he could probably, he can do that any night. Um, he just hasn't really needed to. I think tonight was a night that, you know, he it was good for him to kind of come out and say, yeah, I mean, a night like tonight, mm-hmm. I'm going to put up those points. I'm going to be the guy that puts up those points. I thought he was aggressive from the start. Um he was awesome. Jalen Brown, though, the guy is just such a spark plug there in the first half. I know yeah. the second half he didn't have as many points, but it just felt like I don't like even he was, think he played he, in the fourth quarter. He was questionable coming in. It seemed like they yeah. just kind of decided they didn't really need him and eased off a bit. But, yeah, yeah. He, and he, he was just, more than he was just impactful, like, the whole entire game. I mean, only eight, 18 points, but it feels like he feels like he would have had – like, when I, when I saw that, he only had 18. Again, he didn't play the fourth quarter, so that, that plays yeah. into it, too. But Under it was just minutes. like – it seemed like he every big play he was involved in – and I think just in the last like two weeks, especially this guy's just elevated his game to a pretty crazy level. On a tear, um, yeah, he's not. He is exactly. He's on a tear. He's absolutely dunking on everybody. But it's <laughs> it's not just dunks. Like his no. his mid range, the the post play that he's been showing has been great. He's been yeah. uh, he's been getting in there. He's been forcing turnovers. He had a block tonight. He was a plus twenty on the plus minus. 
So mm-hmm. I just think like Jalen Brown is just totally, and it still blows my mind that there's still people out there that will find the one play where he kind of screws up and be like, oh, well. So at this point, you're just not watching the game. Like the people who've hated Jalen Brown, this is a game that they uh, shield their eyes from. They try to, they try their best not to see the game, but the guy's a fucking rock star right now. He's yeah. been playing absolute nails. I still just like, I close my eyes and I can see those turnaround fadeaway shots he was hitting last night. And it's just like, holy shit. The guy, yeah. his game has just progressed to just a whole other level. He's taken it to another level. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, he's got a great trainer. I know he's worked with the trainer, um, uh, Dashletics, I think it is. That guy obviously is doing something right. So, yeah. um, yeah, overall, questioning I, his work ethic, you watch him again, how tight that handle is, his footwork, how amazing his footwork is, all the, the little things. And again, it was, to me, we were down in that first quarter. Tatum went to the bench, and it was kind of brown, um, and mostly leading a brown and a bunch of bench guys, he he created both of those Pritchard threes we talked about were off him driving, drawing double teams, and making awesome assists to corner Pritchard, wide open Pritchard threes in the corner. He created those. Then we mentioned that crazy sequence he had already with the dunk and then the kind of chase down block. And then he was just playing the mismatch game, and he was I wrote a, he, he was playing almost like like prime KG mixed with like Shaq the way he was getting into the post like oh, such God, a that's quite the comparison it was crazy though the way, <laughs> the way he <laughs> saw Cole Anthony and Gary Harris on him and he was epically bullying those guys he knocked uh, Cole Anthony over one time thought yeah, it was gonna be a charge went great. up and it was an and one like little mid range jumper and then he did it again to Anthony the next play and then they had Harris switched onto him and he did the same thing just bruising him in the post he almost like backed him down and did like a little jump hook from and he did the two two to mall symbol uh to one of them I think to Anthony he's been, like, he did that a couple, he did the last game too I love it yeah I mean I love, that's just, just such a great little uh... and again it was like he just knows he can blow right past these guys he is too big and too he's so strong um but it was just like dominance to how see long until like that, that becomes an automatic tech in the NBA given the guy they're too small <laughs> I'm also, sure I'm sure it won't be long, but I wrote at halftime it was at the halftime stats, Tatum at eighteen points, six rebounds, um, on eight of fourteen shooting, Brown at fourteen points, three rebounds, four assists, six of ten shooting. Um, you know, both just super efficient, yeah, leading the way, and we're just playing awesome. Oh, and uh Tatum had one turnover, Brown at zero at the half. So it's like you can't play much better. And again, the only thing, funnily enough, is that neither one could make a three. But they were basically doing every other thing perfect. And they were leading the way on defense. You could tell it was just like a step up with the defensive intensity. They were determined. They were, like I said, they had clearly heard all the messages that, oh, this is this young up-and-coming team with two two-way wings of their own. And, you know, they shut down Franz and Paolo. And, again, I can't say enough. They made a Did- statement. It, it was a very clear, like, okay, we see you. We we heard the message. Now we're going to send a message of our own. Uh, we talked about Mo Wagner in the first game. What did he put up? Like 27 against us? Had a career high. Yeah. He had he two points 13 and minutes. one rebound tonight. Yeah. Two is points, that like one what rebound. he normally does? Was he just yeah. playing more against us? Because he's... Yes. So Franz, no, no, is, Franz is the better long. of the Wagners, you're saying? Oh, not even, without question. Moe's only on the well, team. I mean, Moe's just fucking smokes us. I don't, I mean, that you watch game, more magic than I no, do. No, in that but. one game, yes. It's, it's all, it, no, it's more like a Tenacious Giannis situation. Moe's only oh, on the wow. team to keep Franz happy. Franz is like a star. Franz will be an all-star. Uh, Fr- Franz and Paolo are the two best players on the team. And, like, that's their young core. Moe is his older brother, who's just like a yeah, goon yeah, off I knew the bench. Yeah, he's older, but... Yeah. I feel we, like we he just Mo. smokes us, so every time we see the magic, I'm like, fucking yeah, Moe, no, no, what the is, fuck? A role player completely. He's <laughs> um, okay. Well, I'm glad we shut his ass. Goga Batata had a good game. He was arguably their best player tonight. Um, 
you know, I think he had Batazzi finished with 15, 15 and yeah, and 11. He had most of their offensive rebounds, I would say. Yeah, he had 5-0 boards. He was really the only guy killing us. But again, I feel like with playing small, that was kind of, we chose to live with that. We were mm-hmm. almost ignoring him at times, willing to help off, willing to sag super far away, and basically dare them to beat us with I mean, yeah, offense. He had a fine game, but... Go we're back. running up and down the floor, dunking, shooting threes, and making and one mixtape moves, and then they're like getting a Batazza tip back every other possession. It's like, yeah, I think we're gonna. I don't think they're gonna come back uh, this way. Speaking of that, uh, Peyton Pritchard went full <laughs> pro AMP in uh, garbage time at the end of the game. Did yeah. you see that absurd? Yeah, I saw it. I've had the Globe Drawers uh, yeah. music stuck on my head ever Talk since I saw that. Yeah. Feeling himself. I mean, and he just, he deserved it. He played well enough. Him and Hauser really were amazing. But to see him just pull that off is like. Oh, I love that oh, Hauser's parents there were there too. I feel like that was pretty yeah, awesome to see him kind of yeah. So I don't. I guess I, I didn't really. I couldn't. I didn't have. Uh, I mean, I had the sound on, but I was in kind of like a crowded area, so I couldn't hear a ton of it. But did they like? Are his parents like not? Do they don't usually attend games. Why would they court? Is there like a? Um, I don't know if it was uh, anything specific. Just like a, like, I don't think yeah. they sit with Wick all the time. But he was saying well, no, his yeah. dad is. Uh, I guess the AD where Sam went to high school. Um. <laughs> so I don't know what that's worth, and I think they were saying oh, like wow. now his. Uh, someone else, maybe his sister or something, is like a star there. I, I can get the full details. They mentioned it a little, but I didn't hear them say specifically any reason Put like the why on it. he was there for that game or why they were sitting with Wick. I don't know. It was just a one-off, but seemed like a popular guy. Everyone kind of likes him, and seemed like Sam was uh, had a little extra confidence. I don't know if it was seeing them sitting courtside, but uh, definitely one of the best games of his career. And again, making plays off the dribble, like the the amount of improvement he's had to come from a guy who we were like. Hopefully he can someday just be a sharpshooter. So now a guy who's making plays on defense, again, four steals. He's leading the fast break confidently and making great passes. One of those, again, you don't see often Hauser caught the ball. He could have shot it. Pump fakes, drove into the lane, drew help, and like went up in the air like he was going to kick it out and then almost did a no look to the corner for a wide open uh, Pritchard corner three. It was just like, holy shit, he's making plays like that. Like, what is this guy capable of? So, yeah. Awesome to see. I, I mean, Sky's super, super impressed guy. by those guys. Yeah, he, he was awesome. Absolutely awesome. And again, they were targeting him as it seems like they're always going to. Um, and he got matched up one on one with Franz and Paolo a bunch. And. Yeah, Absolutely he was. Holding, I, I wrote down my notes that he kept holding his own against. Absolutely uh, held pa- was making Paolo. them kick it out over and over again. Like they were not moving him, and you know that was across the board. We had Pritchard was bodying up Paolo, huge mismatch, and he's just grinding, getting low, and pushing, not getting pushed around. So, again, you could tell this game meant a little more. You could tell defensive intensity was a little higher. The physicality, all that, we matched. Uh, we we came in there clearly determined to be the bullies instead of getting bullied and. It's nice to see when we kind of do put our mind to it, even without our big guys playing small, we can uh, run a team off the floor and make a statement like that. So, again, yeah. couldn't be happier with the result and to see the way we played. And, again, it, it leads me to larger questions like, is Luke Cornett going to get Wally Pipped from his spot in the lineup because we have such a nice element if we want to play small now? If we want to give Al or Porzingis a break, like, why not play small if this is how it's going to look? Yeah. No, I mean, that that's fair. So you're saying he might just get – replace just like I less... mean I'm sure it'll depend on the matchup and this and that but again I well think... but not like because not like for Kata instead you're saying like both of them might just lose oh no well not even necessarily for Kata but I feel I'm like saying Kata if, had a if... great game and then he just K- next thing you know he's back down with the fucking red claw or well the Celtics well, the main Celtics <laughs> now yeah I mean I think you can still tell Always how raw he is and he has a long way to go yeah no definitely uh but 
I mean, again, I thought the, the really most impressive kind of parts of the game were when we didn't even have a center in there. It was yeah. Stevens or really an extra wing with Stevens or Brissett and just yeah, I agree. so much more athleticism. Again, just being able to switch everything on defense. I'm always going to love to see us play that way. It's so fun. Um, and it seems like the guys are like a little extra locked in knowing that that's the style you're going to play. It's I, yeah. I feel like it's almost more natural to go out and just switch everything. Um, and then again on offense when everyone's outside. And just I, feel like passing and could, cutting I feel like we could still so do that with like Horford out there though. Like it's that like with Horford extent. out there, it almost reminds me of like those old Warriors yeah. like death lineups where Draymond was the center because Horford's not like a super huge guy, and I feel yeah. like he can cover, he can stay in front of anyone. He can, and we've done that obviously to a lesser. But he extent, can't run but, as much. Yeah, well, and it's again when it's Stevens and Brissett, like those guys are really good wing defenders. Like they, you know, it's a, it's just a different element, I guess. Horford's yeah. good, but he's still playing back more. He's slower relying on kind of more shot blocking ability whereas with these guys it's like stevens and Brissett are up on paolo and franz like those are mm-hmm. good defenders and yeah on offense it's like they just know their roles so well they're standing in the corner they're not shooting unless they're wide open and they're constantly cutting and it's like you know nobody's gonna go say tatum and brown or Jokic, but they do just create you can be a bad player but you just run around and get open and you're gonna have wide open looks and that's Stevens and Brissett are both great at that and they both had multiple layups and dunks just from cutting while the defense is putting all their attention on Tatum and Brown and next thing you know they're coming in for wide open dunks and layups so again must be so easy to play with guys like that and if you just embrace your role like the way those guys have you're gonna get on the court and they made a great impact tonight yeah, uh, this is just an aside. It doesn't really have a whole lot to do necessarily with the game because I don't think the officiating really had much impact on anything. But were those refs all like 100 years old? Like, Yeah, they were talking about that at the time. They were saying they couldn't remember seeing such a veteran crew in a regular season game. But like, uh, there was, I, I just, thought they were good officials. They had uh, them stared down at the beginning with Tatum. I thought I was that was going to Yeah, that but was, hey, that was, when, they, that was he, when they caught my eye. They did not tee him up. Because like you so, see, yeah, no, well maybe maybe that's it. maybe that's it. Because at first I'm, I'm just so shell shocked. I was sort of at, at first just like when I <laughs> you, saw the ref, the ref kind of put yeah. the whistle in his mouth. Yeah. It was kind of like, oh, oh. and I was yeah. just like, oh no, my but, god, this is gonna. But I mean, maybe this is that veteran up. where it's kind of like, all right. I mean that that ref has probably he probably had like fucking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar tell him to fuck himself. <laughs> that guy's yeah. that guy. No, one of those refs a... looked like f- so old. Yeah, but again, no, they were mentioning how old I was they ready were. for war early in the game. I was ready to no, shit on were, the ref, but they were fine. There was a lot a of whistles. Game. I thought there were a lot of whistles, but I thought it was like a fair. It, it, both teams are playing very physically and going yeah. to the basket a ton, so yeah. I didn't think it was again, like bad calls. I, I can live I with like the the whistle. It, to me, the no, texts are what the biggest problem is. That's just no, the biggest I, problem. But I don't want to spend a lot of whole almost time on those. No, it was a finally it was a finally refereed game. I have no issue with that. The one thing with the ref is. I meant to note this last game. It's been a few times lately, and it happened again tonight, is Missoula loves the early challenges. Um, and I know you get them back, and I know he won them, but, like, to use a challenge on that first one was in the, like, six minutes into the game, he used the challenge on the holiday play where the guy, I think it was Suggs, did I mean, but that was obvious going to get overturned. Okay, but still, it's just not worth using it on a play that is a non-shooting foul. Like, no points are on the line. I just don't think it's a high enough impact play that it's worth the review. I think that if a save your challenge for a, if it's for a like play if it's a clearly changes play, one. sure, but that was like it was irrefutable. The guy tried to rip his. I don't shorts think it down. matters though. I don't. I still don't. Just don't think it's worth it. Like no points come off the board. We weren't in the. But bonus. we get the ball. I, I, yeah, exactly. But that's it. Save it for a play like you. I'd rather I use it on like an and one where you can change like an offensive foul to an and one. 
Like, I need direct points changing hands, or I just don't think it's valuable. I get that if it's You don't like... get enough challenges. You have to save it. Like, again, it didn't matter because we killed them, and we got a second challenge. And we used that one on another play. That was just a reach-in on Jalen. And again, we got it overturned, but it was just a change of possession. Like, I just don't... You don't get enough challenges. I think you have to save them for high-impact plays. And again, to me, just a change of possession isn't enough. It has to directly lead to at least a two-point swing, or I just don't think it's... I mean, I, it's just like I, a strategic thing with the challenges. Again, it's, it seems silly probably to complain when we won both the challenges, but I just think in a game when it comes down to the wire, you can't waste challenges on on plays that aren't I, I hear just a change of possession. I, I hear you on being like very, but it's like the guy was so clearly pulling his pants down. I get why, it. I knew he was going to win not, the you challenge. Can get a, you can get a free possession out of it. Why would you not use that challenge? Like I, I get, I I get what you're you can, saying, but it's you like there was no way they better. weren't overturning that. Right, I completely so why, agree with so that. So why not? What the fuck? Because I think it. you want to save it for better. There's, there's usually well, you get like five to ten. You look once. That's it. You don't keep getting it back forever. Okay, this is something. This is something we learn every day. We're learning every day. We grow <laughs> no, as an individual. Can, you can, if you win your first one, so you get after one they more. got that, but if you win the second Jaylen one, you don't have They won that. We lost it. Our challenge was Correct. gone. Correct. Correct. That's my issue. Well, that's well. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think you have to save them. For plays that directly can change points, because like I said, when you're crushing them like this, it doesn't okay, matter. Okay, well that's if, a stupid if rule. If you then. use both your challenges, you should get eliminated as long as you're getting them right. Yeah. Why would okay. they? I that agree. makes no I, sense. Okay, why the I, league would even do it that way? It's like if well, you're right, you get it back. But if you're right the ref, two times, they're accepting that the refs are so bad that they don't want probably the insult of some team winning or like eight for eight on challenges and keep challenging all game and be like, I do have, I do have the stats since you brought up Joe's thirty-one and twelve on challenges wow. and again yeah he's he's picking ones that are obvious wins so clearly that's their strategy is if we see a play that we know is we're gonna get overturned we're challenging it no matter what so yeah. i get it i just personally i think strategically if you like actually take into effect the potential value of challenges i think you need to save them for plays that involve a foul and are like sw- changing two points for one well, team no, to I mean, now that, or something like that now that we've explained to the audience <laughs> <laughs> that you don't get the second one back, uh, I can see uh, your no. side of it a little bit more. If you keep, if they were unlimited, if you win, I would say yeah. Every challenge, you know, you're going to win. Challenge oh every single God. call. How, how funny would that be to go like eight for eight well, on yeah. challenge? And I think that's why the rule is what it is. Like I said, because they don't want some ref to get embarrassed by oh, here's my twelfth overturned call of the game. <laughs> like, oh man, yeah. that'd be so awesome though. All <laughs> yeah. right. No, I mean, that would help, hopefully, with accountability for the refs, and we'd have a direct stat to show it. So oh, I would be in favor. If that was the rule, I would be singing a different tune completely. But I think, given the current rules, I just don't think you can afford to waste it on, like, a simple change of possession. No, like yeah, that. all right. That makes sense. That's my whole That's my whole point there. All right. Before we uh, before we head <laughs> out to Around the League, just address it real quick. Chuddy Bar Parlay did mm-hmm. not hit. I fell, I think, two shorts on the Tate. Two short. Uh, the Tatum rebounds. I'm surprised he only had six rebounds tonight, Tatum. Uh, Again, it was, it was a team effort. It was yeah, everyone crashing then, uh, the boards, no one guy. And Jalen did not have two three-pointers. I'm trying to think that I'm okay with him just none. not really being like a three. I mean, when he has open ones, take him, but... I just like what that guy's doing so much in the in the the paint yeah. and stuff like that. I'm not I'm not mad He's at all. He's had the three ball going too before tonight, but yeah, I mean they don't need to be high volume three point shooters, especially when he's playing like Shaq, like he was tonight. <laughs> playing like power, Shaq. Power that's gonna get, in the that's lane. gonna fire people up. You say he's playing like he Shaq. Drop stepping in the lane and hamming on yamming <laughs> on everyone. He's shooting jump hooks from in the. I paint. think like, players are actually like starting a, to get like scared. Like 
because he's he just dunks on everyone. Oh yeah, I know. He's like, uh, I think like, he's I don't the best know. poster dunker in the league. Yeah, I don't know if like, Wob still does like the graveyard thing, the uh, worldwide Wob. If he still does like that graveyard thing, but yeah, legit. He's got. I mean, yeah. he was take away the five miss over five on threes, and Brown was eight of ten on two pointers, <laughs> and I would say most of them were in the restricted area, if not dunks. <laughs> like, they just you can't stop yeah. him. You really so, can't. but in either it's event, crazy. yeah, in either event. So the parlay falls short. Um, and again, I wanted to mention too eight different players on the Celtics with three or more rebounds. So one of yeah. the keys to the game was gang rebounding and it's going to take a team effort. So seeing eight guys with three uh, or more rebounds gang is banging like, down low. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what we want to see. And clearly if, again, I think it's, it's part, it's really like a challenge by Joe where it's like, Hey, all right, you guys want to play small and fast like this? Fine. But then you all have to crash and you all have to rebound and they did it. They responded and that's what we want to see. And, if that's how they're going to play, like I said, I, d- I don't think you could ignore this as some kind of one-off. I think if I think this has to be a legitimate option to go small at times. If we need, you know, to kind of change momentum, throw something different at a team, I'm, I think I'm more than willing to try, instead of playing with the center, throwing in a, a Brissette or a Stevens yeah. or something, or even just an extra point guard, Pritchard and Drew White, whatever combo it is. But to go without a true big for five minutes, see if we can turn the tides in some game. I like, I think this is, it's, you know, the regular season for teams like the Celtics that are contenders is all about building things that you can come back to later in the playoffs when it matters. And I think they did that tonight in a genuine way where, you know, playing small is something that I don't think was really a consideration we had given much thought to. And then we needed it just to make yeah. out of necessity. It comes up. And I think we've added something to our tool belt that we can use now, I would say, in an important time if we need to. Yeah, I'm not opposed That's to huge. it. Um, all right. Let's uh, what do you got? Uh, for around the league, what do you got for around us? the league? Well, I mean, obviously we were here to last night, so not a ton of stuff. And again, I know we just played the Cavs twice and talked about them a lot, but I think the main thing is after the game, we found out that Evan Mobley, who missed both games against us, is getting surgery. He'll be out six to eight weeks. Brutal blow for the Cavs. And then to make matters worse, Darius Garland, who we saw injure his jaw last night, colliding with Porzingis. He returned to the game only after missing like six minutes and made some plays, looked good. But he, I think it's a, I think it was a broken jaw or a fractured jaw or something. He's also going to be out for four weeks plus. So now two of the three best players on the Cavs will be out for at least a month. Uh, that's really tough. They obviously just lost back-to-back games to us, but they've been playing well, had gotten themselves back into the mix. So tough for the Cavs. To me, the big question here is now – do they change their approach to the season? Because I think one of the worst-kept secrets in the NBA is that Donovan Mitchell has no desire to stay in Cleveland past the end of his contract. He's made it pretty clear that That's he weird. wants to go, <laughs> right? Uh, but he has one year left after this. I wonder if these injuries are the excuse the Cavs need to say, let's sell high, trade Mitchell now while he still has all this value, has a full year left. Yeah, you um, get it for a year and a half. He'd be by far the biggest star on the market. Like, they could completely re- set the entire NBA trade market. They'd probably have half the league for a star like that to suddenly come available. I mean, they could field some serious offers and then kind of I've always take a liked step that back guy. to rebuild around Garland, Mobley, and then whatever they could get for Mitchell, which would probably be quite the haul. So interesting and something that could certainly change the next few months here when it comes to a slop season with all the trade deadline rumors, uh, I think this could be a good opportunity for them. And again, might be kind of a blessing in disguise with the injuries. Cause otherwise I think if they ride this out, they're probably not quite good enough to compete with this team. And 
you know, Mitchell will just be getting closer and closer to expiration. So it might be good to be proactive before he makes it more clear that he's out and wants to only go to like New York or the Nets or whatever. And they kind of lose their leverage, lose the trade value, get ahead of it now. And they could get an absolute <laughs> King's ransom probably. Yeah. Um, that, uh, totally. Garland kind of set themselves his jaw. Up. I, I, I watched the play. Someone pinpointing the video. It, I mean, yeah. it was a hard for, to for just have like the hardest abs in the game because it didn't even look uh, like he flew did he into that abs? crazy. It looked like he might have hit like his uh, like hip bony he was so much low on his body but it, it was all, it looked like a hard collision but again he came back into the game and it's one of those things where like I don't know can you not put a mask on and just play like what's gonna happen I don't know I don't know broken jaw I'm sure it's not fun but he again he obviously played last night he's yeah I don't know without a mask Right. You see guys play through, like, a broken nose and stuff. I don't know. Wire it shut. Get, like, a Hannibal Lecter mask on and come out and play. Yeah, he's fucked know. up. But, again, just be interesting to see. Something to watch, definitely. Um, like I said, is we're getting... we're getting December 15th is the day where all new signees become eligible. So it's, like, 85% of the league or more is now trade eligible. So now uh, that stuff's really going to pick up. We've moved beyond IST season and into trade season officially. And, uh... This is, I think, something to definitely consider. But staying on that topic, uh, a team that's always involved in trade rumors but is never really doing anything serious about it, the Raptors, uh, we've kind of speculated, are they finally going to do something now that they're pretty clearly not anywhere near contention? Pascal and OG both are expiring. Um, and, of course, those are kind of the guys that everyone thinks are the main guys. Uh, it was reported today by Jake Fisher that the Kings had reached out to gauge the price and... <laughs> This is just classic Masai hilariousness. He asked for three first-round picks and Keegan Murray, who's younger and arguably better or will be than either of those guys. Just, like, absolutely delusional and hilarious. I hope he loses two more good players for nothing um, and continues to just ruin his reputation that he's some, like, genius negotiator. Because he got Kawhi that one time. Is that, like, where all that stems from? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he built a great team. He clearly was good. He did it in Denver before there, but... Since then, he's obviously what, Dem- left. what Denver he did, he, did he build? When did he was did he do build like that mellow AI yeah. J.R. Smith one? No, no, no. <laughs> after that, he built the uh, rebuild after they got rid of wow. those guys. Um, and he was good because whoever built that was a fucking lunatic. Yeah, no, no, no. That was before <laughs> him. That was before, whoever built um, that must have been heavily <laughs> invested in the nightclub scene in yeah, Denver. That was awesome. Um, but no, so it'll just be interesting to see. But since then, he obviously let Kawhi go for nothing, which, I mean, I respect at that point. You got to try to hold on to him after winning the finals. No shame in that. But then let, well, played hardball with Lowry, let him go for nothing. Played hardball with the Blaine Bleed situation, they let him go for nothing. And now he's got Ananobi <laughs> and Pascal. If those two leave for nothing, too, then I think, like, that's fireable. I know he brought a title to Toronto and it'll never happen, but that's just, like, gross negligence I mean, uh, to lose like all of them. Five or six years ago. That doesn't, I can't keep taking, I know they, they I mean, stink, but. Well, no, I, I'm saying if you let all of these good players. No, that's leave, what I'm saying. Like, like yeah, he shouldn't oh, yeah. be unfireable because he got Kawhi and Kawhi right. He had like a tough on reputation and I just think it's going away move by move and he's done nothing to fortify. So I think that the, now the, the fans are starting to be like, all right, you need to, if you're not going to be able to resign these guys, you have to get something for them. And if all this right. is the asking price he has, it's uh not gonna happen. So, so Raptors then, um, fucked. We have the Spurs breaking their losing streak tonight. They beat the Lakers, no AD, but LeBron was in action. Um, nice wire to wire win. They got out to a big twenty some point lead. Held on. Devin Vassell had a huge game. Wemby had thirteen and fifteen. So good for the Spurs. Ended their <laughs> franchise long losing streak. 
The Wizards also had a nice win tonight over the Pacers, slapped. I think it was only like a six or nine game losing streak for them at this point, but still two of the three absolute worst teams in the league did get wins tonight. The Pistons with another massive, massive loss to the Sixers. So it's now up to 22 straight losses for the Pistons, and they are now alone with that worst record as the Spurs have snapped it. So, uh, yeah, I saw trouble, trouble, trouble. The, uh, the AI imagery that's being used on NBA Twitter is getting pretty crazy. I saw like a AI thing of like, it was like basically like almost like a, what's the right way to say this? Like little person version of, um, Popovich, like dunking like over LeBron, but like, he's just like basically like just like nuts in his face. Like it was a very incredible AI image. I I okay. I I tweeted it out from the Chuddy's Corner account if oh, anyone right, wants to right. see it. It's pretty funny, but I just <laughs> I that, I think that's that like the that's like a new development I feel like on NBA mm. Twitter is the whole I've AI image. I've seen some funny thing. ones up there. Yeah, I, yeah. I did see if some good ones earlier. Gone on and just created a Bing account. Like <laughs> I probably burned cuz there's like a limited number you can use. I probably burned through like it's like seven or eight Bing accounts there. I just Changing one letter from the username just to just to rip through and try to find something good on oh, there. So. Love that. Yeah, but no, yeah, good for the Spurs. There's been some funny stuff. It brought us that, sure. so that's good. Yeah, um, and then the other thing that's happening tonight, we got the second time all season, the Suns' big three, and it lasted for about six minutes as Bradley Beal. Actually, I mean, don't want to laugh too much because it's just a very ugly ankle injury. It looks brutal. He landed right on DiVincenzo's foot, and it looked like his ankle completely uh, snapped into like a 90-degree angle. He was able to walk it off and look decent. I mean, I'm sure the swelling will go up. It's probably a high ankle sprain at least. Yeah, I was going to um, say, I don't think it's snapped, I mean, like broken, but it didn't. It, it well, looked yeah, I, I think I think it's, right. I don't think it's as bad as it initially looked like it could. It looked like it could have been like Hayward status from uh, the Celtics days. Uh, but I think he'll, you know, he'll be out for a few weeks. It's whatever. And everyone's like, whatever, as long as they're fine for the playoffs. And like, yeah, to an extent. But again, yeah. When you throw these teams together like this, you want them to play together at least some. Um, and again, you want to get to the playoffs. You don't want to exert all your energy from your top guys just to get a decent playoff seed, which at this point, they built a team with around these top three guys and not much else. So <laughs> yeah, any of them are missing, say, yeah, the amount much, of burden you're yeah. putting on the other guys is oh, just gargantuan. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you're seeing it tonight where they were holding up fine and they have absolutely dropped the rope to the Knicks. The Knicks are now winning this fourth quarter 36 to 15. Oh, uh, they've to come. It. All the way back as the Suns earlier led by as much as uh, double digits. And now the Knicks are up 133-114 in Phoenix in the fourth quarter uh, with two minutes left. So they're about to win that game. Um, and, yeah, I mean, other than just trying to get healthy, there's really not much the Suns can do. So tough scene out there for sure. Devin um, Booker, a minus 18. <laughs> yeah, brutal stuff. Um <laughs> And then that was really it. The only other thing I had was just a kind of NBA-related story. I don't know if you saw this. That uh, huge sports story, of course, over the weekend with – or last weekend with the Dodgers signing Shohei Otani to that huge deal. It came out today that a huge part of the Dodgers' pitch to him was that they had a pre-recorded video of yeah. Kobe Bryant from 2017, I believe, yeah. uh, speaking to Otani and kind of asking him and pleading with him to come and sign with the Dodgers. So that is kind of just a weird. bizarre story overall because, like, why did they ask him to film this video in advance? Like, did they know that he wasn't going to be around? Why did they just, still like, use it? Well, see, it sounds like it was effective, but um, well, yeah, but yeah, I, I don't know. I there had to be some just discussion like weird though. To ask someone to do that, like for something that's going to happen not too long in the future, where it's like, 
it would be like one thing if Kobe was alive and they were like, we're meeting with Otani, like Kobe, you want to come to the meeting, like to help us pitch him? Like yeah. that would make sense. But to be like, hey, uh, we want to film this video for five years from now right? so that we can show them. Because it's not like this. Kobe was like an old guy or anything. Like, well, right. No reason to think that he wouldn't be available whenever. Sounds and again, like, sounds like it. It sounds a little suspicious. That's I think I said, if someone um, starts pulling on that string, you might find a little maybe something. That's what there. I'm thinking as well. I tweeted out from my account oh, earlier, yeah, I saw that. Uh, in response that I just certainly hope the Lakers did not think have the foresight <laughs> to have Kobe film a video, a similar video for Tatum, to convincing him to come to the Lakers in free agency. If so, like how many other Kobe videos might there be? Well, that's there? What, yeah, how many teams of uh, videos and for how many players? Kobe. I mean, Otani like. To, ta- to think six years ago, I know he, he was a star, but it wasn't like it wasn't like they just thought of it knowing, you know, it would be like the equivalent of someone now, like having LeBron film a video asking, I don't know, CJ Stroud to sign with the Cowboys in like 2030. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's basically the equivalent of something like that just would seem like a very bizarre thing to do. And the fact that it ended up happening and working uh, after he's dead is just... Very bizarre, very crazy story. Yeah. Um, that is, that very, is a story that came out weird. and, again, said that it was apparently very impactful in his decision. So, oh, God. Uh, good good thinking, I guess, by them. Yeah. Uh, I do have I do have something else. Um, yeah. Uh, our, well, I don't really know. I think you hate him, but Dylan Brooks with a nice... Uh... I don't hate Dylan Brooks at all. Oh. I thought that I'm he Dylan seems... Brooks, yeah. So Dylan Brooks just with kind of like a it wasn't like a they were already up so it wasn't a go ahead shot but he hit kind of a dagger three mm-hmm. in Memphis to beat the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, no, Dylan Brooks has been. I mean, he was much maligned. <laughs> he was a really good player for a long time, and I thought he got very unfairly scapegoated on his way out the yeah. door yeah, after yeah, that 100%. whole Memphis team fell apart, and he was you know part of the blame. But as were a lot of other guys, he took way too much of the blame. They kind of dumped all the bad stuff on him, acted like he was ruining the culture, this, that, and whatever. Um, and he was just a guy that they had all kind of hated and got sick of. And you know, he is that kind of player who. It's easy to hate him if it's not going well. You know, he plays with a ton of passion, a ton of emotion. He has some questionable shot selection at times, thinks he might be a little more of a scorer than he is, things like that. You know, he's a pest. He's uh, one of those guys who gets under your skin. But when he's on your team, you usually love him. He's been a great fit on that Rockets. And I think the whole situation with everyone making fun of him and the way that they did push him out of the door after he was kind of one of their glue guys and a heart and soul kind Mm -hmm. of guy for them to kind of dismiss him like that, I think probably was humbling and a wake-up call for him and as I think has motivated him and people were making fun of how much the Rockets have signed him for but he has been an awesome signing and he really has helped change that culture to go from a team that was laughably bad to now he is you know the leader of one of the best defenses in the NBA you know obviously credit to Odoka they brought in some other good players but as much as any maybe free agent signing of, at all this entire last offseason Dylan Brooks has gone in and completely helped change the culture of a team to now yeah. one of the best defenses in the NBA and that's a team that especially I, on defense has been a laughing stock for years I saw so. a video of him like and I guess he does this before every game he just stands there Stare and just down. like yeah is he staring at the yeah. other team's bench what is he staring at no well he stands in front of it he's staring he's just like not staring at 
anyone, but I mean, it's guys, hilarious. Have, guys have tried to mess with him and try to get in his way. He did it right in front. He went over to the other side. Usually does it on where his own team is warming up. He went down and did it in front of the Grizzlies warm-ups tonight. He, well, just, yeah, he, I think he did him, that but... too. Again, I forget the team, but uh, one of the players kind of walked over and was just kind of trying to get... LeBron was trying to mess with him recently in a game. Yeah, uh, no, it wasn't LeBron. He Fuck, he I can't remember. when he's doing that. It's hilarious. <laughs> I didn't know he yeah. that, that's Oh, like, it's great. He does that's it like game. an unreal move. I yeah, yeah, I personally love the guy. Again, I think that his sometimes... Again, you're right. Sometimes he's a little unaware, but... I think that makes it even funnier. Like I think he's, I think no, he's great. No, but the way him. they, I get that they wanted to part with him or whatever. But when they were coming out, like, well, yeah, they threw him all under the bus, like as, as if it wasn't like their, their star player, fucking flashing guns, wasn't really the thing that fucked that team over. Exactly. Like I don't think that uh, him like saying like, yeah, I'm gonna lock up LeBron was like why that team just sucked ass all of a sudden. Like no, no one has ever he been. Was... Exactly. He was trying to bring an edge, and that's the way he plays, and it worked yeah. a lot. And he was a very effective player. He was their best defender, and. They've yeah. missed him sorely, along with other stuff, obviously. But you can tell nobody has ever been and... get ready to learn Chinese, buddied worse than him. <laughs> yeah, and he ended up signing like a huge contract in it America. Was ridiculous so. in the moment. It was ridiculous after the fact. I, and I, I mean, again, they. I'd like to cordially invite think, Dylan uh, Brooks on the, the podcast. The Grizzlies announcing that they wouldn't bring him back under any circumstances. Like, first of all, <laughs> I forgot about why that. would any team announce that? <laughs> so and again, so a guy who they drafted and was just a guy who busted his ass. And he yeah, really, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was yeah. one of the hardest effort guys. Like I said, you can not love the way he plays or he, you know, he had some bad games and some awful shooting nights. Absolutely. But he, he gave everything he had to about that, that team Woj bomb. for them to go out and publicly no announce they won't read. They, like, that's just, cra- you know, he didn't do anything wrong. Again, when like you I said, just always think players... of all the different circumstances that like could happen, like some like supervillain right. pulls the city hostages, like I'm gonna blow up the water <laughs> tower of Memphis yeah. if they don't resign, and the Grizzlies are just like, no, we said we're right. not having him. It's not coming like, back. Okay, you're not gonna bring him back for the minimum. And right. again, whatever. If well, that's it's like fine. The more, yeah, I'm thinking more but of like a crazy okay. supervillain. Even even, so, even more no so ransom. though, like it's fine if you did make the decision and you're like, it's just time for a change of scenery. Like we need to part ways. Yeah, and no go shit. Ways. That's fine. It's the- Do it internally. <laughs> the guy was a good. He was on the team for like seven years and gave his all to that team. Left everything he had. Like say whatever you want about him, but you can never question his effort and how much he competed for that city and that team. Um, and to treat him like that on the way out, I just thought it was gross and like Such... really disrespectful and a bad look if I was, you know, on another team. I'd say, this is how you treat a guy who's been nothing but loyal to you. Like I said, there's business decisions all the time. You want to part ways with a guy, so be it. But to kick him on his way out um, and make it act like, you know, that he was the problem bringing down the team and that suddenly you're fine because you got just getting rid of him is like a dish of my subtraction was just awful to me so such, very happy to see him doing well uh thriving and getting some, a little bit of revenge tonight such a missed opportunity for a super villain to do that to the city of memphis though i can't <laughs> say enough i'm gonna i'm gonna poison the water supply yeah. unless you sign dylan brooks to a veteran minimum and then grizzlies just like are like in a situation where i'm like mother fuck we said we what were we gonna do? do this what do we do what do we do what do we do <laughs> um, all right well that's yeah that was and that was talking no, Dylan I'm, Brooks I'm again. Glad you brought that up. Open invite, open invite to Dylan Brooks to come on the podcast. Yeah, no, um, we're, we're a pro Dylan Brooks pro- podcast. Yes, for sure. yes, absolutely. Um, all right, well, we don't have to necessarily do too much on um, the Magic game to come up now. I mean, we're, I assume we're going to have at least Al back. I would say Porzingis might still be on the questionable side of things because I think he's yeah, a real injury. Cornetta saw us out for a week. Cornetta yeah. saw us out. We said for at least a week. So. Probably have Al back, but other than that, I mean, Al I think should be back. Be... He was just out for rest. Yeah, it's a rest. Back, yeah. Back. Um, 
But I mean, I would say again, obviously we kind of got the the monkey off our back and the bugaboo tonight. But you know, that'll go kind of out the window if we go and don't cannot, back it up on Sunday. Yeah, cannot so, have a letdown here. Yeah, you don't want a letdown here, especially getting some guys back thinking we took care of business. I'm sure the Magic are. You know, already getting more fired up. These little mini series, back to back type situations, are already a little intense in that second half. So, as intense as tonight's game was, I'm sure next game will be even more intense. It's, it's probably going to feel like somewhat of a playoff atmosphere, as we saw the other night in the second night of that Cavs game. And again, the whole thing that started this Magic Celtics thing was last year when we had this little two game series and the Magic took both of them from us. <laughs> last year, it was easy to be like, oh, all right, it's cute, scrappy little like up and coming team. That's nice. But now, you know, if they won tonight, I think they would have been a game or a half game behind us in the standings. They're for real. They're uh, trying to prove they belong. So, like I said, I know we've, we're all feeling good about tonight and what we did, but we got to go back it up. we got to go prove it again. Yeah. That this oh, my God, no, yeah. You know, if they lose this next the, game, then, the alphas, then this so. whole this, – none of this matters. I, I would rather have lost this game and beat them at full strength because at least this game we had the built-in excuse. So, we have to come out and yeah. beat them. This can't be a letdown spot. Yeah, um, so another big exciting. game. Well, matinee game too. We struggle in those. So I hate the I hate the Sunday three o'clock start time, and I hate the fact that now you know the the schedule is just always infuriating to me. But it seemed like with the in season tournament, we played like twice in like ten days. Yeah, and now, now we have the back to back, and then a sh- a day off, and then an early next game, and then one day off, and then go on all the way across the country and play a Tuesday game, and then back a Wednesday back to back, which I'm already circling unfortunately that wednesday night at king's game on the second night of a back-to-back is just that might be the hardest game to win all season just like that's one that's what they call a scheduled loss in the nba like you know never say never but against a team like that especially one of the fastest paced teams in the league and with a very good home court advantage when we're just going to be absolutely exhausted at the end of what it'll be like six games in eight days with a shitload of travel Mm -hmm. Uh, so don't want to look at it too far, but really kind of a brutal stretch of schedule, uh, which makes it all the more important that we come out on Sunday and hopefully back up this win with another nice win against uh, our new hated rivals, I guess, in the Orlando Magic. Hate them. Um, all right. <laughs> so that's that. Just a little bit before 1 a.m. now on the East Coast. Again, Grind Celtics, don't sleep. Celtics short, <laughs> very shorthanded Celtics managed to get the win over the Magic 128-111. Uh, Tatum the high score with 30, but everyone everyone who contributed. This is an awesome win for the team. So with that, we will bid adieu to the fans, to the Chudlings all around the world, and we will see you guys again Sunday evening. So you might be able to listen Early to some evening. Chuddy. Yeah, you might be able to listen to a little Chuddy's Corner while you have your little Sunday dinner. The Sunday scares are going to start hitting you, and we're going to just come. We're going to just cup you in our hands and say, we'll take care of you. We'll get you through the rest of this Sunday night. We're here night. for you. So we're we'll here you guys. for you, Chuddy Nation. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we're here for you. We'll see you all uh, Sunday afternoon. Chud, great to see you. Everyone in the Chuddy Nation, take care. Peace out, Chuddy Heads.